happy Mother's Day to the moms out there. Welcome here, everybody. I am also a mom. My name is Ange, if we haven't met yet. I work on staff here at York Street Church. Very excited to be here with you this morning to share a message with you today. I have the privilege of three amazing children, twin boys that are now 10, if you can believe that, and Aaliyah is now nine. Um, Lee sent me a Facebook post recently where he shared another amazing mom moment that I had. Um, I was reminded of one of these great moments where I was driving with my kids in the car and probably super tired because they were very little and was thinking I was driving down the wrong street and somehow got distracted and was somewhere where I shouldn't be. And so I sat in this place of, oh, I don't know what to do. But I did post about it, and Lee decided to resend the post just to remind me what a great mom moment I had. Here it says, wow, we're on a roll with kids' quotes. Today's line was a, a response to me after I realized I had turned down the wrong street and had muttered under my breath, oh, someday I'll get better at this. To which Malachi replied from the back seat, yeah, then you'll be a daddy. Daddies can do everything right. Yes, possibility is probably small for me to get everything right, so I'll probably never be a dad, thank goodness, but I will enjoy my Mother's Day today along with the rest of you. So how is everyone doing this morning? Good. That's very good. That's wonderful. When you came in this morning, did someone ask you, how are you today? When you were greeted this morning, it is a common thing that we, <laughs> we're doing that now really quickly. <laughs> it's a common way that we greet one another to say, hey, how are you doing today? But then you have those people that follow you and maybe will ask the deeper question. You know who you are and we know who they are. And they'll come to you and they'll say, no, how are you really doing today? And all of a sudden, it feels like they can see into your soul, and you're like, I think I'm good. I don't know. And they come to you because they want to know, are you okay? Is everything going okay with you? Well, recently, I've been connecting with many people, having conversations again, as you do in ministry, and hearing some familiar phrases over and over again as I ask, how are you doing? How are you really doing? And even reflecting on myself, how am I doing? How am I really doing? And hearing some common phrases that keep popping up recently. I've been hearing things like, and these are, are the, only the ones that I've heard multiple times. I haven't even listed everything here. But these are the ones I've heard multiple times. I have a limited mental capacity right now. My brain is fried and fuzzy. I don't know if anybody else relates to these. I have a deep weariness, like a weariness to your bone. I am exhausted. I am depleted. I feel battered and bruised. I feel lost or I have a lack of sense of purpose. I'm tired of trying or I have, I've heard this one a couple times, a case of the can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to get out of my pajamas. I can't be bothered to do the dishes. I can't be bothered to do the washing today. I feel angry or frustrated more than usual. I'm feeling empty or numb. I'm overwhelmed or anxious. Now, do these statements, any of these statements resonate with anyone here today? Any of these statements? Let's keep those hands high. Not to be embarrassed, but look around. Are we alone in this? Who else is there with us? 
Our community is here with us. We're all struggling through things, but what we're, I'm realizing is that maybe we're not doing okay right now. Maybe things, it's not just one person going through something difficult, it's multiple of us that are feeling a lot of these heavy things. And I wonder, some of us might be wondering, is there something wrong with me that I can't shake this off, that I, that I can't break through? Or maybe you're wondering, like if you maybe can't, don't want to live in this state anymore and, and you want to see some change in your life. And these identifiers, these statements, these phrases are telling me that we're struggling right now a little bit. Some of us. So as I prepared for today's message, I felt the Lord lead me to Ezekiel 37. Does anyone know that one? That passage of scripture is familiar to many of us. Yes. It's the vision of the valley of the dry bones that he gives to Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel is a prophet of God, and God's been giving him very many messages to send to his people, to tell his people. And here's one of the visions that he gives him in Ezekiel 37. And at the time, I'll give you a little bit of context, Israel is no longer in the promised land anymore. So you spend half the Bible getting them there. And then, then they've been exiled now. They've been removed from their promised land because they've had hardened hearts, they've disobedient, they've turned their hearts and their ways away from God, and they're doing it their way, which isn't working very well for them, hey? So God removes himself from the situation, and other nations take over, and they are exiled from their land. They're no longer in the promised land anymore. And God has Ezekiel here who has this vision in verse 1 of chapter 37, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along or you can follow on the screen. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. What that tells me is that these bones are dry and they're brittle. They have been dead for a long time. They haven't been recently dead. When their bones are dry and you can see them, they've been dead for a long time. They're very brittle. I imagine if you break them, there'd be a puff of dust that would come out of them. And the other thing that I note is that these bones are on top of the ground, which means that they did not have a proper burial. So Ezekiel can see these bones strewn about on the top of the ground, which means they're disgraced bones. And the vision that God gives Ezekiel is the state of the Israelites' faith. Dry, disgraced bones. And then we come to verse 3, and he asks Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone. Can these bones live? Why do you think God was asking Ezekiel if these bones can live? It's probably not because God didn't know. <laughs> can these bones live? <laughs> no. I think he was challenging Ezekiel to consider some things. First, he was probably having him consider, what, do you think these bones deserve restoration? Do you think these bones are worthy of living? And secondly, do you have faith that these dry, absolutely dead bones can come back to life? Can these bones live? And what I love what that says to me is that God's first step in restoration, in bringing life to us, 
is asking the question and, and dealing with the first things that come to mind, what we struggle with is our worthiness and our doubt. Can these bones live? It's going to be the enemy's first point of attack, isn't it? He's going to come at us with your worthiness. You're not worthy of being brought back to life. And he's going to attack your doubt. God would never do that for you. And when we doubt, we lose hope and we lose confidence and we lose ambition. And if we think we're unworthy, we won't bother even trying, will we? The enemy wins right away before we've even started. Do you believe, those that put your hands up today, that God deems you worthy enough to restore you and to bring you back to life? Do you have faith that God can do that and wants to do that? Can these bones live? And Ezekiel responds in humility, Lord, you alone know. So then God commands Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. Prophesy and they will hear the word of the Lord, it says. Verse 4, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now who here, when you hear prophecy, are like, ooh, sign me up. That's like, sounds really great. I mean, I would, but I don't know if anyone else would necessarily feel that way. We can get a little bit scared and a little wary when we hear the word prophecy, can't we? I know some of us can. And it's not actually meant to be scary. Paul refers to it in 1 Corinthians 14 that prophecy is meant to be building the church. Isn't that an exciting thing to be a part of? Being able to be a part of building the church? And it says in 1 Corinthians 14.3, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening and their encouraging and their comfort. And then later on in verse 22, it says prophecy, however, is not for the unbelievers, but for the believers. It's for his church. So prophecy to me is more than just being able to foretell the future, tell what's coming ahead. Prophecy is receiving a message from God and then being able to share it with his people to equip them and to edify them and to encourage them and to build them up. And they can come in all shapes and forms, these messages. They can come in words. I've had that here even at Yorkie. People have had words for other people. Some people get pictures. Some have visions. Others have dreams. Maybe as you're reading scripture, God speaks to you through the scripture. While we're worshiping and singing songs, God can speak to us through them, through art. Very many different ways that God can speak his message to us through us to his people to encourage us and to edify us. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, it says, don't have contempt for prophecy. Don't have contempt for prophecy. Acts 2.17, it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. It's also really important that we don't prophesy unless you know it's from God. Sometimes we have an idea of what we think somebody needs in the timing that we think they need to hear it. But actually, we need to wait for the Lord's timing to lead us and to guide us. And it's a really humble thing to be given a message and to share it. It's not something that we say, oh, I think God's saying you should do this. But actually be aware and be very wary that this is a responsibility that the Lord has given us. So we don't want to project our agenda onto people, but lead people 
to him and let him do the work in his time. And you know what I love about this scripture in Ezekiel as well is that he tells us exactly what to say when we prophesy and when we declare. We don't have to come up and conjure up some mammoth incredible prayer or something. He says, it says in actually verse 4, prophesy to these bones and say to them this. It's very clear. That's why, again, we shouldn't go off on our own little tangents. He said, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So the first thing also to note in this passage of scripture is that who does the work? Is it us? Am I the one having to make breath enter and attach tendons and make flesh come upon me? No, but we certainly do try to do it in our own strength sometimes, don't we? It says the Lord does the work. He will make the breath enter. He, I will attach tendons, God says. I will put flesh on you, cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and make you come to life. The Lord does the work. But he also invites us to participate. We don't just sit and wait for God to do his thing. He says, say to them these things. Declare to them these things. So if we are weary or fearful or suffering, overwhelmed, anxious, maybe empty or defeated or depleted, we can participate by declaring, by prophesying hope to these bones for ourselves and for others. We can speak our intention and our motive and our aim like Ezekiel did when he spoke to the bones. Who here brought a Bible today? Anyone have one on them? Yeah, show us your Bibles. Yes, I love that you have your Bibles here today. We are so privileged here to have access to the Word at any time, to the Bible. Not everybody has that. We've even heard from um, Bree today when she was talking about Gemma. And last week she was saying, we're translating so people can have it in their native tongue. How many different translations do we have in our own native tongue already? We have access to the Bible which means we can declare and speak words to our dry bones that the Lord has already given us. He's given us the scriptures in our hands so that we can speak. If you're weary, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight, And then in Isaiah 41, 10, do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you and help you with my righteous right hand. 1 Peter 5.10, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, which I think is a hilarious line, will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. Who does the work? God does the work. I will give you rest. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I will help you. I will restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. But many of us do try to do it in our own strength. Maybe every morning waking up just trying to will the power to be able to do whatever it is that we need to overcome in our own strength. And we get wearier and wearier and tireder and tireder and more and more bitter because nothing is changing. 
Maybe we're looking in every earthly direction for temporary fixes to find peace, to find comfort, to find fulfillment, to find power, to find strength. They're all offering it out there, but it's only temporary and it doesn't last. We forget to go to the Father, the creator of the entire universe. He created the world. He created you and he created me. He knows our innermost beings better, our workings better than anyone else does. And we forget to go to the one who knows us the very best and invite him to do his work in us to bring us back to life. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together bone to bone. I looked in tendons and flesh appeared on them and, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. And so the Lord begins to compose and arrange all the parts to make the body. But there's still no breath in it, so there's no life in it yet. And it's sometimes a season of the Lord where he's setting things into place. He's preparing the ground. He's making us ready for his breath. But maybe his breath hasn't come in yet to restore us and to resurrect us and bring us back to life. And sometimes it takes time. Who loves waiting? So not me. I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. But God has a plan in how he does things. And in the perfect timing, we'll do the things in his timing. And so he ranges and he composes the bodies. And if there's no breath in you yet, and if there's no life that has come yet, maybe he's working, doing some inner work in you. Maybe he's getting rid of some of the junk that's been there for a while. Anger. Fear, lust, worry, addiction, things that need to be uprooted first before his breath can be present and in there and giving you life. Or maybe it's a season of healing for you. Maybe you've gone through grief recently. Maybe you've been battered or bruised or through a, been through a trauma. Maybe there's been sorrow and it's a season of nurturing and protection not a season of bringing breath in so you can be released to do his work. But a season of just waiting and allowing God to nurture you and put all the parts together, compose and arrange all the parts together, ready for his breath in his time. And while we wait, we can help ourselves as well. So we don't have to sit and experience really deep, dark places and not be doing anything as well. We can help ourselves. You know, we can take purposeful intention to step away from things that are bringing us down, bringing us darkness. Maybe, maybe we struggle with negativity and all we do is talk negative about everything. Maybe you're around somebody that all they do is talk negative about everything and it's time to just step away from that for a season while God prepares the body for his breath. Maybe, maybe you struggle with complaining and everything is never good enough. Or maybe you're around somebody that's complaining all the time that maybe you just need a bit of space, a bit of breath, a bit of space so that God can speak his breath into you. And wouldn't it be amazing if we were people, instead of complaining and whining and negative, that were, were, were words that spoke encouragement and praise to build others up? It changes your whole mindset. 
And it changes everything around you, even if you're facing difficult things. And so if we surround ourselves with, with light and with life and things that don't drag us down, if we put our faces in scripture and read and get to know his word and, and worship him, we can find that, that the, the, the dark places as he's preparing us aren't so dark. They're not so hard. But again, it's not in our doing that we bring life. It's God's timing, and he does the work in us. Verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. Ezekiel invites the spirit in, and the Lord breathes life into the dead and into the slain, so that they may live. And they stand up on their feet, and they're a vast army. And they're not just breathing souls that are wandering aimlessly, having no idea where they're going or what they're doing. Imagine what an army is like. They stand up on their feet. They have leadership. They have direction. They have intention. They have vision. They have authority. They have power. They have strength. They're a force to be reckoned with. They're warriors. Have you ever seen a haka? Oh my goodness, you don't stand there and go, isn't that pretty? It's like, whoa, there is power here. When we stand together in numbers, with one mind united together, not alone by ourselves, wandering through the desert, trying to make things work, together, having each other's back. Think about an army again. We're together, standing up, a vast army, not facing each other, but facing out, facing, I guess, the evil forces of this dark world, the principalities that bring us down. Think of the strength that we have in numbers when we stand against the enemy together. That's the kind of army he's building. Not just wandering, breathing souls that just kind of waffle our way through life. A standing up army that says, I'm going to get you before you even think about coming to get me, enemy. I see you, and I'm coming for you. Imagine someone knowing that someone has your back behind you as you move forward. And believe that God is with you as he takes you and calls you to the things that he has called you to. As he charges you forward and says, do this together. Come on. The devil doesn't have a chance. He has no power and authority if we're declaring and speaking truth into each other. And we know the ways that he's going to try and bring us down. If we stand together and we fight together, he has no authority. And he'll probably run screaming. When we invite the spirit in and he breathes in us, he takes what was once dead and what was once disgraced. And not only brings us back to life, but he gives us hope. And he gives us a future. And he gives us purpose. And he gives us direction. And he gives us strength and courage and power. To fulfill the charge that he has called us to do. To see his kingdom come. To see his power at work. Yes? And to bring glory to his name. I love how the passage of scripture ends with him saying things like, I will open up your graves, my people, and bring you up from them. 
I'll put my spirit in you and you will live statement. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Yeah? As we close, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. I'm going to ask you again, how are we doing? How are we really doing? Are you in need of restoration or resurrection in an area of your life that has become dead and disgraced? Can we stand together, please? Today I asked you, can these bones live? Do you believe you are worthy enough to be restored? Do you have faith that God can restore you? Yes? Yes. Good. We were given these bookmarks, these uh, us women, as we walked in today. And I wanted to do a message today that wasn't just sort of nice and fluffy, but actually a power message that said, yes, let's do this together. And these, can these bones live? There's um, scripture on one side that has the scripture statements that I was reading out to you today. And on the other side is a prayer that was written on the back that I'd love to pray over you today. And it's as simple as you can declare this into anyone else, just taking a bookmark and reading the statements over somebody. It could be as simple as finding scripture. There is these other scriptures we had earlier that were three of a thousand million in the scripture that we can speak into our lives from the Matthew eleven twenty eight one, Colin. Who you want to pop that one up as well? We can speak these scriptures into us to declare these bones come to life. We don't have to know all the details of what's going on for some of it. If you say, hey, can you help me remember? Can you declare to my bones that they need to rise up? Can you help me do that? All it is is reading a scripture over somebody, or praying over someone. You don't have to know the details. As we close today, I'm going to read this prayer over you. Loving God, you are our life maker and life restorer. Bring to us the awareness of your breath in us today. Remind us that you are not finished with our story and that you breathe fresh hope and fresh life and fresh breath. Where there is weariness, where there is emptiness, where there is anxiety, where there is loneliness, where spirits grieve, where hopes have been dashed, where dreams lay unrealized, where purpose is lacking, where there is despair, where they feel like a nobody, where we feel like a nobody. Lord, rattle our bones and bring us back to life. Put breath in us. Move us from having dry bones to living hope. And help us declare that we are resurrection people and we're getting up from our dead places to stand on our feet a vast army. We speak to these bones. Dry bones live. Amen.